Hi, everyone. Coach Bills here, joined by Coach Future Star to do another PNTT preview podcast. Coach, how are you? Great. Uh, ready to do another one. All right. We're recording late into the night here, so I hope all of you appreciate this. Uh, we are going to cover a group hi- highlighted by the number one seed, Mesa, the number one seed in this group. It's called the Taylor Group, named after Jorge Taylor from Mesa a team that has really taken League 31 by storm over the past few seasons. This is a program in Mesa that hadn't been in the NTT since season four under different coaching. Then coach Iowa Banker took over in season 30. And by season 32, they were in the NTT and they haven't looked back. It's four straight NTT appearances for them. They were in the title game two seasons ago. Last year made it to the Elite Eight. And consistently, they're one of the most talented teams in the league and they continue to bring in talent over and over. And this year, as far as I saw, and I think you saw too, coach on coach V's signing day podcast looked like Mesa just kept losing tie after tie. And yet somehow they ended up with a nicely ranked freshman class, number 59, hardwood 32 SIM hoops. But as I alluded to, they definitely lost some talent Jorge Taylor was a really good player for them. He played small forward for them two seasons ago and they made the title game. Last year, he was a power forward, put up some very good numbers, was their leading scorer. They also graduated Zachary Smith, who was the shooting guard for them last season. Maybe they're one of their weaker starters, but a good player nonetheless. Uh, And then Trey Lundy, who looks kind of irrelevant on the stat sheet last year, but was not at all in the title game season. Uh, He was a starter for them that year, played power forward and was very effective, uh, especially defensively. So those three guys are good and will be tough to replace. Uh, as I mentioned, the freshman class they brought in ranked pretty well, a uh, little bit shorter on the shorter side, certainly uh, given that they lost Taylor and Lundy, who were forwards for them. They brought in Jorge Williams, who's 6'6". He's the tallest of the group, scored about 16 points a game, playing point guard last year with a decent number of assists, but also a bunch of turnovers. Charles Lindsay was at 6'5", played shooting guard, had some nice passing numbers with 5.3 assists per 30 minutes, but not a whole lot else to write home about. And then Jack Lyles was the best overall statistically, scored over 20 points a game, but he's only six foot one, and I don't know that there's necessarily a spot for him in the lineup. But certainly it's a team that has had a lot of talent. Uh, some good players were on the bench for this team last year, and they're going to have to step up. And it'll be a question of whether they have enough size, I think, surrounding the 7-2 behemoth and George Longoria, who plays center for them, uh, to stay at the level where they've been. So what do you think of this team, Coach? Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the, the team as a whole, you look at them and they say, like, wow, you know, they really don't have a lot of size because they didn't bring in anyone taller than 6-6 six, six, um, and they lose their starting power forward. But last year, outside those two players, they were actually pretty short last year as well. They had not a single player over six seven other than those two guys. And yet, amazingly, their rebounding margin, uh, they out-rebounded teams on average 42 to 34, which I find pretty interesting. Um, so I don't know if there's just a lot of athleticism on that team or just a lot of rebounding ability. Um, but uh, Coach Iowa Banker, who I will say for sure is a DTL diehard, um, was able to make uh, whatever tweaks he needed to make to get the most out of them. So he's, he's got his work cut out for him in that department again this year. Um, but we'll see what happens um, because like you said, uh, losing a player like uh, George Taylor 
it's going to be tough, not only the size, but the scoring. Um, there are some other options on the bench um, as far as that. Um, but uh, he's just going to have to maximize what he has. And there's enough talent on this team to compete. It's just whether that lack of size is going to hurt him against the better teams. Yeah, and I think you're right to suggest that there were some nice adjustments made last year by the coach because early on last year, they did struggle a bit. Uh, If you include preseason, so, you know, PNTT games, uh, they lost three of their first five games, and then they went on to win something like 17 in a row, something like that. Yep. Uh, or eight, 18 in a row. Um, they were one and two, and then they were 19 and two. So I guess. Uh, oh, and two, know. they won 19 in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's right. They <laughs> lost their first two official games, and yeah, right. they won 19 in a row. Uh, so, yeah, really, really good coaching job last year. And certainly it's a team that does have a fair amount of talent. Uh, you mentioned the possibility of athleticism. I can verify having scouted them before last year's NTT matchup. They definitely have a lot of that. They seem to have some intelligence as well. They have some obviously good players. Cooper Holmes did a really nice job for them starting at point guard last year, uh, just six foot tall, but really seemed not bothered by that in the least. Eric Barnhart, very good player, played small forward for them last year in somewhat limited minutes, but I think by the end of the year, he was starting consistently at six foot five. And then they do still have the big guy in the middle, like I said. So they're going to be a force for sure, a good team. They kind of slowly are taking steps back from the group that made it all the way to the title game two seasons ago. Uh, I know that's not always the most pleasant situation to be in to see, okay, yeah, my team's still really good, but not quite as good as it was. You always want to be kind of improving, but they are obviously a very deserving number one seed in this group and they'll be tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to point out like of the freshmen, I mean, George Williams is a little bit intriguing to me. Um, he's six, six playing point guard last year. Obviously the game score wasn't quite what it needed to be, but that's mainly because of the turnovers. So I think, you know, they definitely don't need a starting point guard, but I wonder if putting him at a shooting guard spot, you know, to me to replace the departed Zachary Smith or at small forward, even maybe not ideal, but um, without being burdened by having to, be the, the uh, primary ball handler if not only does you know the turnovers go down but the shooting might be get a little better because I do believe he's scouted as a pretty quality scorer so I think he could be a little more effective uh, in, in the college game than he was at high school yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and Barnhart seemed just fine at small forward last year so I do think it would be fine to leave Williams at shooting guard potentially to replace Smith so that makes sense we'll see what happens at the forward spots For now, though, we'll move on to the number two seed in this group. That is St. Paul out of Conference 14, your conference coach, a team I know that you know well that you often battle with in Conference 14. Last year, they were in the NTT as a number 14 seed, finished 40th in that tournament. They do graduate two senior starters, uh, big guys, and Jared Clegg and Zane Gonzalez, who were at power forward and center for them last season. They were okay, not great statistically. Uh, but they were starters, so that's a loss. And unfortunately, the freshman class doesn't look to be providing too much by way of help, at least based on the recruiting rankings. Uh, it was number 203 Hardwood, 189 Sim Hoops. Uh, a big guy was part of that, at least. Cole Keigler, or Kegler, K-A-I-G-L-E-R, uh, who played power forward last year at six foot ten, Scored a bit, a little over 10 points a game. Was reasonably efficient in doing so. 1.2 steals, 1.8 blocks at power forward is certainly not bad. So he could potentially come in. And then there's also Christopher Sisson, Sisson, not sure how to say his name. 
he was on the bench last year at backup center, really had some nice numbers, uh, was one of their better statistical players per 30 minutes. So he could potentially get into the starting lineup and, and lock down one of those spots as well. But I don't know, Coach, you know this team better than I do. What do you see? Yeah, this is a team that, uh, despite the fact that maybe last year their talent didn't look exceptional, um, they actually did beat us twice, including in uh, including uh, the Conference 14 uh tournament championship game so um they're a quality team um you know they played solid defense their offense was a little questionable at times but um they were pretty solid yeah like you said they do lose two starters two post players um and only bring in one guy but for sure christopher sisson i was actually a little surprised that he hasn't made his way into the starting lineup so far because he was a very high quality player in high school if you look at his high school numbers um, he was a guy that scored 18 points a game on 63 percent true shooting 22 game point six game score. So I think that's an obvious fit at starter. Um, like I said, I was a little bit surprised that he didn't start over Zane Gonzalez last year. Um, definitely a guy that's deserving of more minutes. Um, as for the rest of the, you know, they do have six eleven guy, six ten guy on NA last year. Um, I don't know if Miguel Chambers or Juan Roundtree are capable of playing. It, it would appear that they are looking at their high school numbers. So I think there are some moves that can be made to, to account for, for the loss of their, their starting uh, power forward and center. Um, I think the offense would be the main question for me. Uh, they did get a good freshman year out of Zachary Evans. Everybody else was just kind of so-so as far as efficiency. Um, some of their bench players were a little better actually than their than their starters so um there's some pieces to work with despite uh uh based on the recruiting rankings looking like the team is not overly great i think they're it's probably one of those things where um they're a little bit more than what the individual players suggest <laughs> yeah it's interesting to see that i mean now to look through the team in the way you're describing it right uh all those big guys in the sophomore class not playing very much despite pretty decent recruiting rankings and as you said Sasson or whatever, however to say his name, you know, having really nice numbers. Uh, Coach Blue, I always think of as one of the most active coaches in terms of lineup changes and, you know, coaching from game to game. So you got to figure he's making all these decisions thoughtfully, right? I just, right. Um, I mean, I, if I look through last year's schedule, he's changing his defense all the time, right? So it's not as if he's gone inactive or anything. It's just uh, a little surprising to see to see that he must know something that we don't about those guys. Yeah, and well, what he did it certainly worked against us, so I'm right. not going to question it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, although, who who knows how any of these guys will do defending Trevor Jackson this season? But <laughs> yeah. that is another subject. Uh, so we'll move on to the number three seed in this group. That is Philadelphia, the Crushers with a K, coached by a familiar name in Kevin Apps, who only recently made his return to league 31 uh he's been around again for a few seasons after uh having some success across many different leagues throughout uh dtl's history so you got to figure eventually this team will improve although it hasn't quite happened yet uh they graduated last season a 63 hardwood 43 sim hoops senior class that was led by their leading scorer samuel moran who scored over 25 points per game on very good efficiency numbers and incredible free throw shooting. If you take a look at that 98.3%, he was 59 for 60 from the free throw line. Wow. That is, that is something. Um, the team made the PTT as a number six seed led by Moran, as well as freshman chance Parrish. So now Moran is gone and the freshman that 
come in to replace him won't be able to do that. Uh, they're 176 hardwood, 174 sim hoops. Looks like maybe, I don't know, Angel Howell would be the most promising player in that group, potentially. Lawrence Messier had the better stats, but Howell a little bit taller. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to see. And Justin Wiley, too, actually. Uh, three to one is just a turnover ratio, better steals. Maybe he would be the right choice. I don't know. I, it's it's not going to be easy for this team to improve, given that they lost Moran and brought in this level of talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that stands out about uh, this Philadelphia team is they're just, I mean, they're extremely, extremely short. Um, he, Coach Kevin Apps did the right thing, like especially at the League 31. He stacked his lineup with the three players that he did have that were over 6'5", put them all in the starting lineup because you just got to take advantage of that. And then whatever happens on the bench happens. There's really not much you can do about it. But, I mean, you're talking about 6'5", backup power forward and 6'5", backup center. Um, and now this year, bringing in players all 6'4", and under. Um, so that's, uh, they're going to be very, very short on the bench. So he's just going to have to maximize the minutes from the starters. Um, as you said, uh, Parrish, Chance Parrish, uh, you know, he had a very good year as, as one of their main scorers. They lose Moran. Parrish, I think maybe would be better suited by a switch to shooting guard. He had quite a few turnovers last year at point guard. Um, so maybe, you know, uh, somebody like Justin Wiley could come in, uh, at point guard and be kind of a distributor and ball handler. Um, but uh, that does leave, you know, a lot to be desired on the offensive end. Um, and I just don't see a lot of offense anywhere else on the roster outside of maybe a few guys on the bench who per- perhaps could play, but they're very short. So they would have to be guards. So there's really not many obvious spots for them because I doubt coach wants to uh, play three guys at six, four or under in the starting lineup. So um, yeah, yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Toussaint especially would be the guy from the bench from last year who could find his way to the starting lineup. I guess of between him and Wiley, I suppose I would expect Toussaint to get the nod, just looking at the recruiting rankings and Toussaint's production last year. But as you implied, it's unlikely that both of them would be able to start. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this team is going to be hurting uh, size-wise for sure. And, and it'll be tough for them to compete in this tournament, I think. Yeah, and especially then their schedule. I mean, it's not it's not extremely extremely tough, but it's reasonably tough. You know, uh, not only in group but out of group. So um, I think they'll manage to win a few games. But um, you know, and overall for the season, you know, it was a pretty good job by Coach Kevin Apps to to get them uh, past the first round in the PTT. And this kind of looks like another PTT team to me. Probably just has talent, but um, I think the size is just going to be a killer for them because as much as we'd like all our starters to play 99.9% of the minutes, that's just not how it works. And so when your your bench is, is there and you don't have anybody taller than 6'5 on the floor, it, it's a tough assignment. Yeah, if they get back to the PTT, I'm going to be impressed, to be honest yeah. with you, because Moran, uh, you know, he was a flawed player, right? He was really just a pure scorer, but he was very good at that. And I, I think that's probably would carry them and I, you know, they're not going to have that this season. So yeah, that's a good point. It's going to be tough, but again, they have a great coach. So who knows? Uh, let's move on to the four seed in this group, the Utica big wands out of conference Two, coached by SC Steve. They were in the PTT last year as a 13 seed. And unfortunately for them lost a fair amount of talent. Uh, Parker Williams and Cade Wilson were their starters at power forward and center. Weren't particularly big, just six foot seven each, but they were productive. Uh, Williams, especially, was very good as a scorer. 
So those guys are gone uh, along with a backup and Craig Barker. And they were ranked 52 hardwood, 26 sim hoops. And the class that's coming in, not ranked as well. 133 hardwood, 87 sim hoops. Christian Usri as a 6'7 power forward had some pretty decent numbers. Looks like he may be able to score some and, and distribute as well. There is a seven-footer in the, in the mix, which is nice, Declan Charles. And as I mentioned, the team was undersized last year, so he could come in and really help them. Uh, he had 2.7 blocks per game last season and over 10 rebounds as well. Uh, and then another big guy in Steven Moses at six foot nine. So, you know, looking at it more closely, although the class isn't ranked that well and although some good players left, uh, you can at least build a case for this team uh, to go in the right direction, given the size that they got. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he, 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 Coach uh, SC Steve obviously saw uh, the, the flaw in his team last year. They needed some size, and it looks like he went after that exclusively and was able to land a, a seven-footer and a six-nine guy, and even Christian Usry at six-seven has decent size. Uh, um, he looks more like the small forward type, but um, you know, all guys that probably could contribute uh, uh, a little bit on this team. Um, not sure where everyone's going to play. Um, they were, like I said, they were very short last year. You would have to think Declan Charles goes in at center just because of his shot blocking ability, his rebounding. Um, this team last year had only four blocks per game, which is, I'm not sure, but that was probably, uh, you know, one of the lower teams in the league in terms of that. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, uh, probably an upward trajectory um, from being a 500 team last year. Um, you could see some avenues for improvement. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, when I initially looked at it, I thought, oh, they're going the wrong direction because Williams is gone and then Wilson as well. But it'll be a different look for them. They've got more size. They will maybe be hurting for scoring a little bit now that Williams is gone. But I wouldn't be too surprised if if Usri is a competent offensive player. And you could see maybe some guys sliding down. Maybe John Jones gets bumped out of the starting lineup. Brown goes to shooting guard and then the three freshmen all start. I don't know. Maybe that's too optimistic given the class ranking, but I could see it at least. Uh, there's a case for it. And yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. You yeah, have right. a guy like, yeah, you have a guy like Joshua Evans at point guard who's averaging nine assists per game. Um, so it looks like he's the type of guy that's going to make everybody around him better. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like I said, yeah, there, there really wasn't much talent on the bench last year. Um, so there's no obvious uh, candidates to, to, to move into the starting lineup. So, I mean, even though, like I said, even though the, the class is not ranked all that highly, um, just by the size factor, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be against trying all those, all three go, those guys in the starting lineup, especially since a couple of them at least have a little bit of an offensive touch in uh, Moses and Usri, and even Charles can chip in a few points here and there. Yeah, yeah. So some options for this team for sure. Uh, let's take a look at the group as a whole now. Uh, we went through one seed was Mesa, then St. Paul, Philadelphia, and Utica. And when we talked about Mesa, I said, oh, you know, they're maybe not quite as good as they've been. But now having seen all four of these teams, I do see them as substantially better than their competition. Do you agree? Yes. I mean, it's it just even though um, there's the size issue, I mean, that's actually a little bit of a common theme throughout this whole group. So, so that, 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 that's really, you know, nothing separates them there um, in terms of a talent, uh, overall talent. I think Mesa is, is kind of a little you know, kind of head, uh, a little bit uh, higher than everybody else. Uh, they're out of group schedule. They do face one really tough team in New York City, a couple of the other teams more in the 70 range. So nothing overly tough. And compared to the other three teams in this group, um, yeah, I would have to think that they would be the favorite for sure. 
Yeah, seems right to me. Uh, do you think any of these other teams has a good shot at making the PNTT playoff or not so much? Um, Utica, I would say not at all, just by by virtue of the, even though they look like they could be an improved team, as we said, looking at their outer group schedule, it's just it's just way too tough. I mean, they're facing three teams, um, three very good teams out of group, in addition to facing having to face Mesa within their own group. So it's going to be way too tough for them. Uh, Philadelphia, it's like I said, the the. It's, Hard to say. The size issue, I think, is just going to be too much of a problem for them. St. Paul, like I said, St. Paul is a little bit of a wild card because I think there's some talent lurking that hasn't uh, kind of come to the forefront yet. <laughs> um, so even though their class rankings make them look like, you know, they might be a little outgunned, I think there's an outside possibility of them, you know, maybe making the playoffs, not winning the group, but perhaps, you know, maybe challenging for a playoff spot if things go their way. They do play Duluth uh, out of conference, and we know St. Paul always wins that game. So there's <laughs> right. a guaranteed win for them. Although uh, Duluth did win another nice big tie on Gabriel Washington, a great scorer to pair with Jalen Abbott, uh, who is a pretty awesome center. So they're, yeah. they're going to be a tough team. Yeah, yeah. anytime you see a class ranking of 81-4, I think <laughs> that's that tells you how good that one player is. On Duluth. Yeah, Jaylen another way Abbott. to say that is... <laughs> Another way to say that is I'm not sure I have seen that before other than in this case. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is something. But we we digress. Uh, good luck to all these teams in this group and every team throughout the PNTT. Uh, this is the fourth group that we've covered. I think that'll do it for us. Hope you all have enjoyed these podcasts and have a great season. Yep. Thanks, Coach. Good luck to everyone.